You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. My name is Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. It is a pleasure to have you back once again. I am honored for your ears and your brains for this little sliver of time that we're with each other. I just wanted to pat myself on the back to start off the show. I just passed 30 months of sobriety and recovery, and that was just a few days ago, Um, to the point now (laughs) where... I actually let this one just go by and didn't even recognize it. And I was told by multiple people that the further along you get into this, the less likely it is that you'll remember to count the months. I mean, that right at the beginning, you're counting days and then weeks and whatnot. Um, And here I am already missing, which, you know, 30 is important, at least it's because it's two and a half years. And so I was super pumped about it and just totally let it flow by. Um, You know, it's, it's just interesting to me to notice that it's, it's always going to be special, but it may not necessarily be something where I remember the anniversary of it every day or every month. Every day I remember that I'm sober because I see people imbibing alcohol in very dangerous ways around me or using drugs, and it uh, it's very noticeable to me. So I'll never forget that I'm sober, <laughs> but I may not always remember the anniversaries like I thought I would. Uh, it's, it's interesting to, to know, you know, have you ever gotten out of a relationship and you remember your anniversary or your sex anniversary or the first bliss or the first that? Like there's dates you remember and you think you'll never forget them? You do. And you know you do. And so just like that, dates, you know, the the meaning of them. You know, I'll always know the 13th, you know, January 13th, 2017 was the day I got sober. Just like I remember March 24th, 1994 is the day Eddie Vedder came into my hotel room in Louisville and and uh, listened to uh, his album with us and, and was signing everything that we handed him. That was a super awesome memory. So anyways, um, about that. So that was cool. So 30 months. Woohoo! 30 months. So what today's episode is going to be about is we're going to break down the four agreements into their own episodes because I've been getting a lot of love on the last episode, which was harnessing the power of the four agreements into your life. And I've been getting a lot of DMs and and, and messages here and there about what the four agreements are really going to be like when they're harnessed into your life and some action steps and, and just more in depth. Right. I mean, I'm all about action steps. I mean, you're definitely going to get some of those today, uh, really just in the form of what it's going to be like when you start to do this. I've got uh, some six steps on how you can be more impeccable with your words, and we're going to dive right into that now, in fact. So the, the four agreements are be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions, and always do your best. And this is a book that was written a long time ago by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, It says it's a classic little book, 5 million copies in the U.S. and translated into 38 languages. So clearly he's hit a nerve with somebody. And there's tons of stuff. If you Google the four agreements, there's YouTube videos about it. There's blog posts about it. There's There's a ton of stuff on it. But you can bypass all that research like I did. Or you can bypass all that research by listening to me. Because I've already done it. That's what I meant by I did. <laughs> I'm super pumped. Let's get into this because I don't want to turn this into a 40-minute long episode. Um, so check it out. The first agreement, be impeccable with your word. 
Okay, it, multiple pl- things I've read, multiple videos I watched. We're talking about how this sounds extremely simple um, because it does, right? You think, okay, I'll be impeccable. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what the word impeccable is, multiple definitions aside, I'll just give you what I found. They all seem to be about the same thing, but it's amazing how Merriam-Webster's website and dictionary.com will be different, even though I thought a definition was a definition. (laughs) So anyways, you're going to see different variations of this if you go around. But basically, it's not capable of sinning or liable to sin or free from fault or blame, flawless, um, or without mistakes or faults to be perfect. Um, In this, I really want to stress that sin isn't about like evil, like you're familiar with it within religion. Here, sinning is missing the mark. Sinning is doing something, it's an error. Um, Somewhere I read that in my, all my research, that there is some culture has the definition of sin as to make an error, to miss the mark. And so when you think about sin in this regard of, of what we're talking about, being impeccable with your words, not capable of sinning or, or liable to sin would be not capable of missing the mark or liable to miss the mark, liable to error, not capable of erroring. Um, that itself is preposterous. You're going to make errors. You're going to do things that you would prefer you did not do. Being free from fault or blame is not possible. Right? You're going to do something that somebody else is going to see fault or blame in. Being flawless, again, what is flawless? Even a perfect game in baseball has pitches or fielding uh, mistakes where they went, they've salvaged it, they got the runner out, but at the same time, it wasn't flawless. Without mistakes or fault to be perfect, that doesn't exist. So striving to be impeccable with your words, striving to be without the sin, without the error, without the missing of the mark, that is what you are, that's what you're doing here. You're moving toward that kind of life. Looking and striving to live a life without mistakes or faults is preposterous. It's, I, I, I hesitate to use a definitive and say that it's never going to be possible because in the universe of infinite possibilities, why can't that be one? But let's just go ahead and say that the likelihood that you're going to live a perfect, flawless life is pretty... Probably you'll win the lottery 17 times before you live a purely flawless, perfect life. So, again, being impeccable with your words sounds simple and it's powerful to strive for that, to work on that, to move toward that. But to actually be able to do that is, I mean, don't be upset with yourself when you find yourself not being impeccable with your words. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more later. So you can't control every circumstance, but you can control how you react to it. So when you think about this being impeccable with your words, and you know, a sin is anything that you do which goes against yourself go against this higher version of yourself that you decided you were going to become when you got sober, right? It's, it's missing the mark. It's error. Everything you feel or believe or say that goes against yourself, that's a sin, okay? You go against yourself when you judge or blame yourself for anything. Now, anything's a definitive, and I really hesitate to use those because, any, I mean, that's it. It's anything. It's everything. It's nothing. It's never, right? Th- those, that's tough to say anything. But if you look at being impeccable as going against yourself, don't judge or blame yourself for your past actions whenever you were intoxicated, 
right? You did what you did based on some programming that came into your life as a child, instances, circumstances, events, whatever it was, caused you to begin to act a certain way. And then that just began to grow on itself. Right? Don't judge yourself and say, oh, I was such a loser because I did math or, you know, oh my goodness, if I hadn't been drinking, my marriage wouldn't have fallen apart. Your actions created whatever it created and you now have to live with it. You can blame yourself, you can judge yourself, or you can say, okay, what is the lesson? Right? Judging and blaming, we're going to go into that a little bit more here soon, but th- those, are, those are, again, those are negative connotations. Somebody else will judge you and blame you, But those people are the exact opposite of being without sin, right? Because now they're judging and blaming you. And there's a very good chance that what they're seeing in you is something that they now wish they didn't see in themselves. And that's something that's really important when we get into the criticizing that's coming up is to think about that. So being impeccable is not going against yourself. When you are impeccable, you take responsibility for your actions, of course, You take responsibility that you did meth and this happened or that you drank too much and your marriage fell apart. But judging and blaming yourself, right? We're not using words against ourselves so that we can indulge in guilt and shame and this judging and blaming because that's what judging and blaming are. It's this guilt and shame, right? We're not living in this world where we're doing that anymore. That's the world we did live in. Okay, we, if we're using our words to blame, judge, guilt, or shame ourselves, then we're also going to be doing that to other people. And people have done it to you. So we're not using our words against others, whether it's blaming or criticizing or gossiping. We're, we're not going to do that. Because that is not being in, of an integrity mindset. And I talk about integrity and gratitude. And what is it? It's integrity, gratitude, and somewhere it's on this in humility. All right, that's not living in integrity if you're going around blaming and criticizing and gossiping about others. It's not. You want it to be, but it's not. Now, going back to, okay, so I think it's in Tibetan is what I just found in my words. It's the closest thing. No, that's not it. Anyways, just no error and to miss the mark, and that's it. I'm trying to find the notes over in the Optimize Plus One, and now it's just causing me to ramble about nothing. So let's focus up, Jesse. Focus up. When you want to be impeccable with your words, then you begin to ask yourself, am I complaining? Am I criticizing? Am I blaming? And am I gossiping? Going around and complaining about things is admitting that you don't have control over the situation. Now, if you got called into jury duty and you had to show up at 8 o'clock and all you want to do is complain about the fact that you now have to go into jury duty, yes, you may not have control over the fact that you have to go to jury duty. right? That's something that you are legally bound to do. But complaining about it, because you could be at work, or you could be exercising, or you could be doing this, that, or the other, that's that's not suiting you. You have to be where you're at, so make the best of it. Eat beforehand, or go to the gym after. Whatever your other responsibilities are, prioritize them at a different time. You have to be at this particular appointment. And in this this analogy, metaphor, it's jury duty. Complaining about something does nothing to control the situation. 
I had a friend go to I go out of town with the with her boyfriend over the weekend, and the hotel room did not look like the pictures on the website where they purchased where he purchased the reservation. So apparently, it set him off on this course of complaining throughout the entire evening, and pretty much it just started a course of complaining throughout the entire weekend. So he walks in, he sees the hotel room. It does not look the way that it did in the pictures. He goes down, he complains to the front desk. Whatever happens there happens. She didn't tell me that. But they're in the room. They're, they're in the room for the, for the night and all the way into the next day. Complaining about it ultimately put her in a bad mood. It ruined the night. It ruined the whole weekend. And now she's not even sure how this relationship's going to play out because she saw things in him because of the way he responded to things not working out for them. She saw things in him that she's not so sure that she is willing to take on. But you can't either go get another hotel room or make the best of the situation that you're in. Complaining releases any kind of control that you actually have. If you're complaining about traffic because it's going to make you late, then leave earlier. If you're complaining about traffic because you're stuck in your car and you're bored, then figure out a way to entertain yourself in your car. There's plenty of ways now. We have smartphones. Get to places early because you can always just be on your phone there rather than being on your phone at home. Criticizing. More than likely, and I know this from a fact because that's what I do to myself, when I want to criticize others, I'm usually seeing something within them that isn't making me happy that I'm also seeing within myself. You got to be very careful about the way that you criticize because if you're not looking within yourself, there's a very good chance that whatever you're complaining about or criticizing somebody else about is more than likely something that is within you as well. This is tough to accept because you have to admit that you have faults. You have to admit that not everything about yourself is perfect. You have to admit that you're a work in progress. Being impeccable with your words is a work in progress, lifetime achievement. This is something that no one has ever been able to go to the great beyond and say that they were that they did. Like I, like I said every earlier, you know, being always perfect that's that's ridiculous. So when you find yourself criticizing, when you find yourself complaining, just stop. And, and ask yourself, what is, what is it that you're feeling? What, it, what is the thought that created that feeling that's driving the action of criticizing and complaining? Are you criticizing somebody about something? Then say something to them. If somebody consistently shows up late for meetings that you have, then say something. If you're, not, if you're complaining behind their back or you're criticizing them around other people, but you're not talking directly to them, then that's gossiping. And you're also, that's not solving the situation. Now everybody else around you who shows up to the meeting on time sees how you talk about this other person behind their back. They're going to naturally assume that you do it to them as well. And they're not going to trust you. They're not going to come to you with very sensitive information because they've already seen how you react when talking behind somebody else's back. They'll naturally assume whether they should or shouldn't, which of course is rule number three though of the of the agreements, they'll naturally assume that you are willing to talk behind their back as well. So when you're criticizing others, see if what you're criticizing them about is actually a, a flaw within yourself that you really want. And it doesn't have to necessarily, oh, I don't ever show up late to meetings. Well, do you ever say that you're going to do something and then don't follow through? And we're going to get to that when we get to commitments here shortly. 
but that is some, like don't just look at the at the surface level thing that you're criticizing somebody about dive in deeper and start to notice what it is specifically about that action that you're criticizing and then discuss it with them D- discuss it with yourself and ask, your, ask yourself am i doing the best that i can be when we get into the blaming aspect if you're blaming others for your life, for why you got addicted, for why you found yourself in this situation and now you're in sobriety and recovery, you're releasing control. Yes, you were a kid. Perhaps you were assaulted physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. You know, There are a lot of dark places other humans can take each other. There is still a way that you reacted to it. You can't control every circumstance, but you can control the way you react. As a kid, you if you were hurt and now you're an adult, it's like don't let what made you shape you, right? Th- these things happened. They made the essence of who you are, but it doesn't have to shape your entire adulthood. Bad things happen to lots of people. Other people turn it into a nonprofit. Other people turn it into a book, a speaking career. I got sober and decided... I was going to figure out the best way to channel all of this energy into learning the most I could about why I got, became addicted in the first place. And the more I learned, the more I started to share it. The more I got feedback that I should share it with more people. And next thing you know, I've turned it into my passion in life. Whereas somebody else might get sober and then just go sit on their couch, feel like, woe is me, why does my life suck? Not do anything to channel that energy back into their hobbits, t- hobbies, talents, or skills. And then they sit here like, well, my life sucks. Why did I ever get sober? We both got sober, but our mindset we took when we got into it was of different capabilities of what we were going to do within that. Right? I feel like a tongue twister, so let me say it a different way. I went into it with a growth mindset. Somebody else went into it with a fixed mindset. I'm not going to blame my parents for getting divorced. I'm not going to blame my dad for hitting me with the belt too much. I'm not going to blame my mom for getting the disease and then getting into booze. I'm not going to blame my grandpa and great-grandpa and all the other lineage I came from where people like to you know, p- turn up the bottle a little too much. Right? That's what they did. My brother, he comes from the same lineage as me. And he's over here crushing it. He didn't have a problem with all this booze and drugs nonsense. I did, but I chose to react to my parents' divorce and my mom's disease and my dad's workaholism a different way. Yeah, he had a different childhood because he was raised in a different household with different parents. My mom and and my bio dad separated when I was four and we went our separate ways. My brother was born um, six years later. So he had a whole different childhood than me, but he came from the same lineage. He could still be using that as an excuse for why he turned to alcohol or booze, but he didn't. In fact, he probably saw the way I was acting and thought, maybe I got you know, that along with the lineage. Maybe I should just be more aware of how I treat alcohol in my life. He never did drugs, and he drinks extremely responsible, responsibly. So again, blaming anything takes the control out of my hands. And we like to do that. We like to complain and criticize and blame others for our existence and for why we're in this situation because then it does take the control out of our hands. It does give us that freedom to say, well, I'm the way I am because of that person. Right? And then all of our mistakes, all of this bullshit that we're doing to ourselves, we get to blame on someone else instead of taking responsibility. And that's just not going to cut it anymore. We got into sobriety and recovery to take responsibility for our life. So take responsibility for your life. 
No more sitting here saying because of somebody else's actions and the way you reacted to it then, are you still justified in acting the way that you are now? It, it that doesn't cut it anymore, guys. It just doesn't. I'm busting my own ass all the time about these stupid little things that I do. Most of the time unconsciously until I stop, step away, and look back at the way I reacted and think, whoa, 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 whoa. That's old Jesse's behaviors. What is new Jesse going to do instead? I don't understand what somebody said. All right, well, rather than complaining about that, I'm going to ask them to clarify what it is that they said. Rather than criticizing someone for their actions, I'm going to ask them, why, why, why'd you show up late? Why do you consistently show up late? I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out if there's a way that I can help you. How can I be of service to make this stuff more amenable, more something that you're more capable of making on time? Yes, there are some people who just will not fall in line with what we want, and then you have to decide, can you still work with them? Can you still be friends with them? Can you still love them? You have to make hard decisions. You've already made one, and you've made the most important one in the fact that you got sober. So be willing to make other hard decisions. I've said this before in other shows, Gary V talks about getting toxic people out of your life a lot. And he says that could include family members. And he's said multiple times, it's not, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but sometimes it has to be done. If you keep going back to the punishment that your parents want to throw at you, keep saying, well, they're my mom and dad, you know, I've got to call them every day. No, you don't. If they're just thrashing you constantly and you're over here trying to bust your ass to be a better person. So now you're criticizing the way that they treat you behind their back instead of just simply saying, what is, what the, what the hell's up? Because more than likely what they're criticizing you about is something that they see within themselves that they wish they had or they wish they could fix. People will also criticize good traits. I've been criticized that I work too hard, that, that, that I get too focused on something and I block everything else out. But yet I write a book in a week. Or I have two podcasts that rank in the top 100 on, on iTunes all the time. I'm not saying that I hang my hat on those accomplishments, but that's what my hard work p- brings to me. That's how, I, that's how I see the payoff. Right? I don't always get to do that. Then I have to turn my attention back to my relationships or back to myself. I do the gym. I do the things I need to do to keep my life together and in order. And some people will criticize that because they wish they could also have that. Be the person who people are criticizing for the positive attributes because they wish they had those and the person who's being criticized for the negative attributes because somebody is really annoyed with your behavior. And we're going to finish up on honoring your commitments because being impeccable with your words means that you're honoring, after everything I've said, and all of that was extremely important, also to yourself and to others, are you honoring your commitments? This is huge, guys. Are you honoring your commitments? When you say you're going to do something, do you really intend to follow through with it and then do what you say you said you would do? Or are you just kind of saying yes because you're trying to be polite? Are you a yes person? When If you just politely said no and said, I'm sorry, I can't prioritize that right now, say it again with me. Here, I'll start the conversation at the beginning. Hey, would you like to come over to my house? I'm having a get-together over the weekend. I'd really like for you to be there. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't prioritize that right now. I've already committed to something else. I'll try to make it, but more than likely, I'm not going to be able to be there. But I really appreciate that you offered me the invitation. And don't take this this no as a means that I won't want to come again in the future. So please invite me again next time you have a gathering. I said way too many words right there, but I, I wanted to give you sort of a 
really long version of it when you could have just simply said, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I've already made prior commitments. I can't prioritize that right now. I'm huge on the, I cannot prioritize that right now because it's not that I don't have time. I have time. I've just prioritized it for something else. Time exists. To say you don't have time is not being impeccable with your words because you have time. Time is happening right now. If right now somebody tries to call in while you're listening to me on your smartphone and you hit end because you would rather hear me finish the last six minutes of this podcast, you have the time to answer that call. You chose to prioritize me. And if you click over to that phone call, you've chosen to prioritize them. It is neither right or wrong, good or bad. It is merely what you've chosen to prioritize. Be practice honoring your word and your commitments to yourself specifically. If you say you're going to lose 10 pounds, if you say that you're going to go to the gym three days a week, if you say that you're going to read three pages in your favorite book every night before you go to bed, and then you don't do it, you are training consciously and most importantly, unconsciously your mind to the fact that you're going to make commitments and then you are not going to follow through with them. And then what ends up happening is that you'll do this, it becomes a pattern. So you say, oh, I'm going to clean my house. But then you come home, oh, I'm so tired from work. Of course you're tired from work. Everyone's tired from work. Other people come home and just clean their house because that's what they said they were going to do. Come hell or high water, I'm going to mop my floor tonight because I'm tired of it being dirty. There's always going to have an excuse. You're always going to have something that you can put it in front of what you really want to do. You're going to start rationalizing to yourself why you can just have that one drink, why you can just skip that one meeting, why you can just not call your sponsor that one time. You're going to start rationalizing that to yourself, and it's going to get you nowhere, except probably into relapse. There's a reason why your sponsor tells you to call them every day at the same time. See, can you follow through with a commitment? And it's also to make you comfortable with calling them so that if shit's hitting the fan and something bad's getting ready to happen and you're thinking about using or you're thinking about relapsing, whatever it might be, you know you can call them. And that is extremely important for you to get into the habit of doing. Everything about this agreement, being impeccable with your words, is extremely important that you turn it into a habit. And you're going to falter. You are not going to be flawless. You are not going to be perfect. It is impeccable that you strive for, that it is unattainable at the same time. So if you make a commitment and you say you're going to do something, then do it. If you aren't really going to commit to going to the gym three days a week, then say, you know, I'd like to go to the gym. We'll see how that works out. Can you commit to five minutes of the day? If you say you're going to call someone at three o'clock, call them at three o'clock, not 304. That's not three o'clock. If you say, hey, I'll give you a shout tomorrow sometime between 3 and 4, and then you call it 304, then boom, you're within your window. But don't say that you're going to commit to something and then not follow through. Then people, oh, he's the person who always calls four minutes late. He's the person who always turns in his work two hours late. He's the person who says he'll come do something but won't. I used to do that. A lot of people in LA won't call me and invite me to things anymore because I said, yeah, I will definitely be there. And then the day of, I'd call them and say, oh, man, I'm not feeling well. What I was feeling was hungover or already too drunk. So action steps to finish this off. Thank you so much for making it to the end. Keeping in mind, we're not complaining. We're not criticizing. We're not blaming. We're not gossiping. We're striving for that every single day. And we're honoring the commitments we make to ourselves and to others. Or we're not going to make the commitment. Learn to say no if you're continuously breaking commitments. If 
don't worry, oh, it's going to hurt the person if I say no to coming to lunch with them, but I'll call them three hours before, and then I'll break it off. They'll understand because I'll have a good excuse. They're not going to understand. They know your excuse is bullshit, especially if you keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again. Just say no. Sorry, I've already got something. I've already got something at that time. What about the next day? No, no. Oh, you know what? I'm just. I'm really busy that week. Just you know, give me some time. Or tell them to their face why you don't want to have lunch with them. Have a conversation. Be honest. Here's six steps to being impeccable with your words, and this will help in that situation if you want to continuously break an engagement with someone. Take the time to listen to yourself and to them whenever they're whenever you're in this conversation. Let's take this out of just the lunch thing and let's just look at it in general. Whenever you're conversating with someone, take the time to listen. Take five to 10 seconds after they've said something, really pause and think about what the other person said before you respond. You don't have to jump right into responding. We live in a society where it's like, if you don't respond immediately, that means that somehow you're not paying attention. When really it just could mean that you're processing what they said. So step one, take time to listen and actively listen. If you find yourself floating on off in your head, do what I like to do. Look at left eye, right eye, nose, mouth. Left eye, right eye, nose, mouth. And just create that into a circle. It's really like a sort of kind of triangle. Left eye, right eye, nose, mouth. That will help you actively listen if you find yourself floating off. And then take some time to respond and choose that step two. Take some time to respond, to really absorb what it is they've said. Even if that means that you have to say, you know what, give me a moment. Okay. This is what my thoughts are, right? Take some time. Choose your words. Step three, choose your words slowly and carefully. That's where the five to 10 seconds comes in. Just stop for a moment and don't just say the first thing that comes to mind because you might have thought of something even better five seconds later. I tell that to people a lot. I was like, hmm, give give me a second. Let me absorb this. Okay. Practice using phrases to show people you're actively listening. Step four, Practice using phrases to show people you are actively listening. I, my favorites are, that's interesting. Mm, I'm curious about that. Tell me more. What did you do then? Oh, man, that's awesome. That's super cool. Fantastic. Tell me more. Right? Like, use these phrases instead of immediately jumping in and telling a story that's similar to theirs so that, so that you can, so that that's what shows them that you are actively listening. Because that doesn't show them that you're actively listening. That shows them that you're actively waiting for them to stop talking so you could start talking. And only use, step five, I I keep forgetting to tell you these are steps. Step five, use words that are familiar and comfortable to you, not words to impress. As a kid, I read the dictionary so that I could learn big words because I wanted to be a journalist. And now I have a lot of really big words in my vernacular which is a fancy word for vocabulary, I think. <laughs> I'm not even sure I use all my little fancy words correctly. The point is, just use the words that you're comfortable with because if you start using words that you aren't using correctly in, in people and they know that those words aren't being used correctly, you don't come off as intelligent. You come off as a dope. So use words that are familiar and comfortable with you. And step six, think of your words as a commitment. Do you see your words as a as a signed on the dotted li- signed on the dotted line contract? You have to honor them. Have you ever been in a situation where you said something and the person's very much impeccable with what they've heard you say, and then they'll call you on it? Because I have, 
I've got some friends where I'll say, I, I won't be clear with my words. And so I'll try to just get something out. Just I, I don't even want to be in the conversation. They'll be like, well, wait, what, 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 did, what did you mean by that? I'm like, well, that's not what I meant. Well, then like, well, then what did you mean? Why didn't you just say what you meant? So I'll just be to the point where like, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling talking about this right now. Can we talk about it later? No, I want to talk about it now. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to give it my full attention. I'm not going to be able to prioritize it right now. So you're going to have to wait and we're going to have to schedule this a different time. I have jammed a lot of really awesome information into this. Um, you might need to go to the show notes and check out what I've written. You definitely would be great if you went over on Instagram and started up a conversation about this. I'll be posting some memes of, that are similar to this uh, coming up soon. As always, thank you guys so much for checking me out and for honoring me with your time. Remember, being impeccable with your words means that you're striving to not complain, criticize, blame, gossip, that you're not looking to guilt, shame, criticize yourself for your actions. Look at yourself, ask yourself why you did it, choose a different path next time and grow from it. Going back and blaming and judging ourselves for why we became addicts and and wanting to blame others because that's why we became an addict is not suiting anything. It doesn't suit anything. You're now in the situation that you're in. Take responsibility and for, take responsibility for your actions and move through it. Become a better person for it and live it in the highest integrity that you know how to today. And tomorrow, it'll be even higher. I love you all. Thank you so much. As always, please subscribe, rate, review on whatever your podcasting app you're listening to me on. Hit me up over on Instagram at From Sobriety to Recovery. Until we meet again, my friends. Take care. So long. Power positive energy. Release it in flow. Peace. Mm-hmm.